Hello and welcome to this week's Innovation Forum Monday Briefing, a regular guide to what's happening in the world of sustainable business. I'm Ian Welsh. The Innovation Forum Autumn Conference season is upon us. We will be in Amsterdam next week for the 2023 Future of Plastics and Packaging Conference. Also coming up in November is our latest business and climate action event. And to find out how that is shaping up, I caught up with my colleague Emily Heslop. That's to come. First, though, joining me to talk about some of what to look out for this week is Innovation Forum's B. Stevenson. Welcome to the briefing, B. Hi, Ian. So what's coming up this week? This week it is the International Day of Awareness on Food Loss and Waste Reduction on the 29th of September. Further to focusing on the 17% of total global food production wasted at the end of the supply chain in households, food service and retail, this day also highlights the issue of the 13% of food being lost between harvest and retail along the supply chain, including obviously on farm. The 2023 theme for this is reducing food loss and waste, taking action to transform food systems. It's really an opportunity to call to action both the public, the national or local authorities, and the private sector to prioritise actions and move ahead with the innovation to reduce food loss and food waste and really try and restore and build more resilient food systems. Clearly, food waste has been a big issue for ages. Some of the data around food loss is pretty bad. B, why is it so important that we tackle this now? So obviously food loss and food waste undermines the sustainability of our food systems as a whole. When food's lost or wasted, all the resources that we use to produce this food, including a massive amount of water, land, energy, labour and capital, also go to waste. Also, the disposal of food loss and waste in landfills leads to greenhouse gas emissions themselves, contributing to climate change. The 2021 WWF report, Driven to Waste, indicated that approximately 10% of all greenhouse gas emissions stem from food waste. And then also looking forwards into the future, our food systems cannot be resilient if they're not sustainable. So actions are really required globally and locally to maximise the use of the food we do produce. The introduction of technologies and innovative solutions are going to be very important. We also need new ways of working and good practices to manage food quality, reduce food loss and waste, and they'll be key to implementing this transformative change. You can go to the UN page on this or read some of the reports by WWF to learn more about it. I'll definitely be interested to see what comes out of the Day of Awareness later this week. All right, B, what else have we got this week? So this week, there's also the fifth session of the International Conference on Chemicals Management, which is organised by the UNEP and hosted by the government of Germany in Bonn. And that's from the 25th to 29th of September. The ICCM is responsible for guiding and monitoring the SAICM process, which is the Strategic Approach to International Chemicals Management. And this is a policy framework to promote chemical safety around the world initially by ensuring that by the year 2020, chemicals were meant to be produced and used in ways that minimise significant adverse impacts on the environment and human health. Considering that the challenges of global chemicals management remain and are increasing, and obviously that the 2020 goal was not achieved, the ICCM4, the last meeting, initiated an intersessional process to prepare recommendations regarding this strategic approach and the cell management of chemicals and waste beyond 2020. So this process worked to develop the Beyond 2020 Global Chemical and Waste Framework, which is expected to be adopted at the ICCM5. What are some of the risks then that we're seeing linked to chemical pollution, always in the news? Pollution is one of the three planetary crises threatening our future, alongside climate change and biodiversity loss. Improper management of chemicals and waste leads to negative and sometimes deadly impact on human health as well as to the climate, the environment and biodiversity. We've heard a lot about potential fertility issues, runoff into water. It's very scary and very pervasive. 
Moreover, the impacts of exposure to chemical pollution also threaten socioeconomic development and prosperity. They're also a drain on the planet's resources in terms of heavy use of water and energy in their manufacture. I was reading up on this and also found out that what are called novel entities or some of these chemicals are one of the nine planetary boundaries identified by the international team of researchers led by Johan Rockström at the Stockholm Resilience Center. In January 2022, the 14 scientists concluded in the scientific journal of environmental science and technology that humanity had already exceeded a planetary boundary related to the environmental pollutants, including plastics. And they said that there's been a 50-fold increase in the production of chemicals since 1950, and this was projected to triple again by 2050. The researchers concluded that the current increasing trends of chemical pollution and release put the health of the Earth system at risk, and the authors call for actions to reduce production and release of pollutants as soon as possible. Clearly a lot to talk about there then, linking in, of course, with a lot of the work that we're doing on uh, on plastics. We have our event coming up on plastics and the future of packaging uh, next week as well. So it's all linked together, but for this week's briefing, thanks very much, B. Thanks, Ian. Coming up in Washington DC on the 8th and 9th of November is the next in our series of conferences where we drill down into the action business needs to take on climate and in particular on tackling scope 3 emissions. To find out about some of the conference sessions to look out for, I had a chat with Innovation Forum's Emily Heslop. Welcome to The Briefing, Emily. Thanks for having me, Ian. We're going to talk about the climate conference coming up in Washington DC in early November. I spotted that on day one there's a, a fascinating session talking about net zero finance and how the financial sector can help enable scope through reductions. What's going to happen in that session and who's taking part? We've got four key objectives of the session itself, really looking at what the role of the financial sector is in driving down those supply chain emissions, some practical examples of successful interventions and financial mechanisms that can actually scale at the speed that is required. Then the third one is looking at how do we better align these financial incentives with greenhouse gas reductions across the entire value chain. And then finally, really looking at that carrot versus stick debate. Are we seeing enough of one or the other? In terms of the speakers, we've got confirmed, we've got a great panel of four speakers. We've got Hervé Dutel, Chief Sustainability Officer at BMP Paribas, Anna Carolina Oliveira, Head of Sustainable Finance Americas at ING. So both of those speakers will really be highlighting the role of banks and financial institutions in financing sustainable initiatives and they can both share practical examples of successful interventions and mechanisms that have enabled these scope three reductions. The third speaker we've got is Aditi Sen, the Climate and Energy Programme Director at Rainforest Action Network and her perspective will be interesting to emphasise the importance of environmental activism and the role of those advocacy organisations in holding institutions accountable for those climate commitments. And then finally we've got Yao Huang, an investor and board director at Carbon Optimum Corporation, who has an extensive background in venture capital and investing finance. And she can really discuss the incentives and strategies that investors can employ and the potential motivations and opportunities in relation to the context of climate action. So is there anything in particular you're hoping to get from the session? I think it's going to be a really interesting discussion looking at how these different actors and how different financial institutions can approach scope three reductions and work with different stakeholders within the industry and how each of them can play a role in driving this transition forward. Now, something else that caught my eye was a breakout session from the event looking at whether collaboration or competition will be the key to net zero. What are we going to be talking about here? 
This session itself is going to be addressing whether climate action is genuinely collaborative in its current form or if it has become this competitive arena for reputational and brand differentiation in terms of corporate branding. We've got three really interesting speakers, all from very different backgrounds. So the first one is Maureen Klein, the Vice President of Public Affairs and Sustainability at North America for Pirelli Tyre. Within a global tyre manufacturing company, she can provide insights into that corporate perspective and shed light on how private sector entities are navigating that balance between collaboration and competition. The second speaker we've got is Tala Khan, the executive director of Pakistan Environment Trust. As a widely renowned international NGO, he can discuss the challenges and opportunities for international cooperation and collaboration in regions like South Asia with brands, governments, other supplier partners. And then the final speaker we've got is Jeff Brighty, Global Head of Sustainability at Mura Technology, very much a service provider, tech solutions offering organization, which is a company specializing in plastic recycling. His perspective will really be revolving around that technical innovation and supply chain partnerships that can contribute to achieving these net zero emissions. It's the closing panel, isn't it, on the opening day? Yeah, exactly. It's going to be an interesting one. It certainly is. How can our listeners get involved in the event? We have a handful of speaking slots remaining. So do reach out to me directly if you are interested in sharing your insights and key learnings. My email is on the conference website. In addition, we have very small number of sponsor slots available still. So they can reach out directly to my colleague, Anita Thompson. Her email is also on the conference website. And then finally, if anyone is interested in purchasing a ticket and joining us as a delegate, you can register for the conference on the website itself. Do reach out if you are a group. Obviously, we've got multiple tracks running concurrently on that first day. So we'd really recommend joining as a group. We can offer those group discounts if you are interested. But if you register before this Friday, so Friday the 29th of September, you can get a $200 discount on the full price of the conference pass. Now's a great time to register to join us in Washington, D.C. in November. Emily, thanks very much. Thanks for having me, Ian. That's it for now. The Monday Briefing will be back next week. And look out as ever for the weekly podcast on Thursday. Until then, goodbye. <laughs>